This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. <laughs> oh, baby. You could not have written a better script than what we witnessed tonight between the Brooklyn Nets and the Golden State Warriors. It has been how many days? I lost count. 541 days. June 30th, 2019. Since that day, since that moment, when we were all tall, there's no way a star player would play for the lonely Nets. We have waited for this day. We have waited for this moment. Now, was it exactly the way we envisioned it back in 2019? No, obviously. You know, we thought big crowd, electricity, middle of October. But you know what? We're used to the world we live in. We accept the world we live in. And it's really minor compared to what we're all going through. So let us enjoy the fact that even though there was nobody there, even though it was different, a new era of Brooklyn Net basketball has arrived. (laughs) And this smile is on my face. Now, look, I know 71 more games. I get it. And the goal is greater than regular season victories. I understand that. But this podcast is for my fellow Net fan and for the Nick fan that wants to hear what it's like to hear people talk about a good basketball team. This was special tonight. Now, before I get to the game, and look, the game was just one giant enjoyment fest, if you will. I mean, most of this podcast, after I get past talking about my experience into watching this game, is really going to be just talking about how great everybody was, because it was fantastic. But like I mentioned on the air with Craig, we're on the air until 7 o'clock tonight. It was 6.50. I'm not going to listen to the game on the radio. No offense to Capra and Carino. I needed to see this game from the beginning. I needed to watch every second of this. Every morsel of this needed to be digested straight into my veins. So I was going to DVR the game, obviously. And it's kind of easy to avoid people. It's kind of easy to avoid social media. Just don't go on social media. Just avoid your phone. So the only kind of mission I was on was for my what usually is one hour car ride I got Google Maps on usually I'm getting some kind of podcast or music or audio that I'm listening through my phone just hopefully nobody calls me and even if they do call me I just don't pick up not a big deal so I get in the car and of course right away I see this traffic which since Craig and I started doing this show and since I've come back to Manhattan I don't think I've ever hit traffic you know maybe one time So look, small potatoes, I get it. It's not that big of a deal, but I see hour 25. And I'm like, Jesus. And look, all it's doing is avoiding the inevitable. I'm going to be late to watching this game. That's why this podcast naturally dropped, you know, an hour or two after the game actually ended because I was behind. So all right, I'll be behind a little bit longer. So I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving. And then I see my boss, Turnoff calls me. 
Now, he doesn't call that often. Usually it's, God knows what it is. You know, it's the ratings or, can you do this? Can you do that? I I don't even know. I see the phone ring and I'm thinking to myself, I can't pick this phone up. It's the middle of the net. It's we're now 20 minutes into the net game, and I can't live if Chernoff's gonna be the one to say, Can you believe the rank got hurt right away? So I avoid the phone call. What am I gonna do? Maybe he fired me for all I know. I have no idea. Maybe he gave me a raise. I, I, I still don't know at this point. But it was just funny to me that I'm expecting no one to call me because anybody that knows me knows I'm avoiding the phones, I'm avoiding everything. So honestly, I still have no idea what Chernoff wanted. But I got nervous because my brain starts racing. It starts racing, racing, racing. I start thinking, this guy is calling me up to tell me Durant got injured. And that's been the thought on my mind all day long. I hate to say it. And I I have to get it out of my mind because we have to enjoy this team as long as this run lasts. You know, hopefully the window isn't two years. Hopefully the window is a lot longer. And hopefully they go out and win an NBA title. But I can't live every possession afraid of Durant getting hurt. And I did it a little bit today. He took a charge in this game. I forget who it was against. That as he flies to the ground, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, please get up. And Kyrie had that weird thing with his finger for a while. I was nervous about that. And the truth is, you just can't. But anyhow, I got home. I probably started this game at about 8.25, so I was a good hour and a half behind. And when DeAndre Jordan turns the ball over on the first possession, I'm already done with him. (laughs) I'm already, why is Jared Allen not starting? And by the way, you know, I know Jordan ended up having 11 rebounds in this game, and he ended up playing 18 or 19 minutes. Jared Allen's a superior player. And I'm not going to get nuts about it, A, because they destroyed the Warriors by a million points, and B, you're not going to be able to... to really understand the rotation based on tonight. And I I don't know when we're going to really know Coach Nass's rotations. I mean, look, what what we found out tonight is Jared Allen was the first guy off the bench. I think at about the six-minute mark, that's when Jordan came out for Allen. And then I think it was Karras and Landry Shamit for Joe Harris and Spencer Dinwiddie. And look, because they destroyed the Warriors, because they dominated, the Nets ended up playing 15 players, which could never happen until tonight based on the roster changes. But when Kevin Durant hit that top of the key three, his first shot as a net to put him up 5-4. Oh, that tingly feeling went through my body. And it went through your body, too. I mean, who's kidding who? Seeing Kevin Durant in that just beautiful Brooklyn Net jersey, looking the way KD has looked for the last 12 years, that really tall, slender frame, that silky smooth jump shot, the way he ran the floor, the way he defended, and you're looking at it, I'm looking at it, and all I could think about is he's on our team. This guy's on our basketball team. And the route was on early. I mean, geez, Kyrie, who I do have to give a lot of credit to, Kyrie was brilliant in this game from every aspect. Uh, whether it was running the floor, whether it was some of them, this handle is incredible, which we all know, to his beautiful outside jump shot. I mean, Kyrie ends up hitting, I think it was that really deep three with about five or six seconds left on the clock to end the first half. And that was the epitome of how great he was. I mean, that really was the exclamation point on his brilliance. There were a few plays that jumped out at me. Look, Karras 
running the second unit, it just works. And I'll admit, when the discussion first occurred about, okay, what's the starting five going to be? Who's the first guy off the bench? Who's that sixth man? I think based on the fact that Dinwiddie had done it a bunch of times and Levert really truly looked like a star in the bubble, my knee-jerk reaction is I want Spencer off the bench. I want to start Karis Levert. You could see it in the two preseason games, really the one preseason game because he didn't play the first one. So the second preseason game, the game against the Celtics, and you could see it tonight. He really is perfect running that second unit because essentially, not all the time, because we saw a lot of Levert with Kyrie and KD a lot. And to close out games when they're eventually close, and I'm sure they will be at some point, Karras is probably on the floor. But he is perfect running that second unit. He's perfect, you know, as the guy who the offense is going through. And we saw that in tonight's game. We saw it in the Celtic game, too. But there was one point, it was mid to late second quarter of this game, where we saw Karras' defense. He slapped it away, I think, from Steph Curry. And then you saw Kyrie run the floor and find Jeff Green, who also played really well off the bench. He's going to have a good role on this team. There were a couple of times where Jeff Green ran the floor well. But you saw, and it wasn't even necessarily a shooting because it wasn't an off-the-chart shooting night by Levert, but his defense, the way he ran the offense... He is perfect running that second unit. So, look, there's going to be a lot of things we're going to judge Steve Nash on. And some will rip him on. Hopefully, most of the time, we're going to love everything he does. I, you know, we'll see. But one of the first big decisions he's made is that. And it looks perfect. I mean, you could tell two games in, it just makes the most sense. The Jordan Allen stuff, I think this is going to be something that, as net fans, we are going to focus on all season long. And what you hope for, and tonight there's no indication. I mean, you really can't tell about tonight. I mean, because it was a blowout, you didn't get what you know closing time would have looked like, what the final six minutes would have looked like. Allen actually played more minutes than Jordan, but it was close. I mean, they were both in the high teens. No one played big minutes tonight. You know who played the most minutes tonight? Kyrie. And it was only 25 minutes. But I think the Jordan-Allen debate or comparison and you know, who gets the most minutes? And look, I, I mean, Jared Allen at this point in his career, and we saw him really grow in that bubble and the chemistry he has with Levert. And I think he'll continue to develop that chemistry, obviously, with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. He's the better player. He's the better rim protector. You know, DeAndre Jordan at times, here's the way I feel watching him, and I hate to, I hate to do this because this was such a great night, but whatever, I don't care. It's my opinion. It looks like DeAndre Jordan only cares about, hey, I'm going to roll to the basket, throw me an alley-oop, throw me one at the basket. And Spencer tried it a couple of times, and they turned the ball over a few times. And defensively, he doesn't always give you great effort, too, by the way. Yeah, that's not something we're always seeing from him. And they did turn the ball over a lot today. I'm trying to think who was the big culprit from the turnovers. It was split. I mean, Dinwiddie had a few. Jordan had a couple. I think Levert may have had two, but I think it's going to become painfully obvious that Jared Allen is a superior player to DeAndre Jordan. And look, based on the team you play, there's going to be a lot of going small, a lot of KD and Jeff Green. Take your pick at the five. But this is going to be a rotation that's going to develop over time. Here's what I know. What I know is that watching this team, and I'll include the Boston game because they played their guys in the Boston game, as did the Celtics. I mean, Celtics are a good team. 
And, you know, Jalen Brown was out there. Jason Tatum was out there. And they, for the most part, in the first half, played relatively big minutes. This team is so freaking deep. And it was always a theory about how deep they would be. It's the reality. And I got to tell you, it should not even be a thought to take that depth that you have around these two special players. It should not even be a thought to trade that depth for a disgruntled star. I'm not even going to say the star's name. I'm not in the mood to. And I wouldn't have brought it up if it wasn't for who? Who's the guy? Who's which one said it? Was it Barkley? I think it was. Was it Kenny? One of them on the halftime show. And I made a mistake because I'm skipping all the commercials. I get to the halftime show. I'm like, you know what? We're kicking ass. We're up by you know what was it at the at the half by 18, 73, 45, 63, 45, something like that. I said, let me see what these guys say. You know, and Shaq gives me the the, the best line. It's the line that we need to put on a T-shirt. The Brooklyn Nets are gooder than a mug, okay? That was great. I'm like, okay, I don't even know what that means, but we're gooder than a mug. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Santa Shaq. And then Kenny talks about how deep this team is, which he's right about. You know, when he said, look, there's a playoff team without Durant and Kyrie. Of course they are. They were a playoff team last year without KD and Kyrie. No one's saying they were great. No one's saying they were dominating, but they're a playoff team. It's because the East sucks. I don't care. They were a playoff team. And the year before that, they were a playoff team. Obviously, D'Angelo was on that team. There was a few other veterans. But you get it. The core of guys, Levert, Harris, Allen, playoff team. That's what they've been the last two years. Okay, fine. And then I think it was Barkley who said, you know, if I'm the Rockets, I forget what he said. Somebody said something about making a trade for James Harden. And I'm like, I'm on this high right now. I'm watching this team dominate. They're kicking ass. Kyrie looks great. Durant looks great. The bench looks great. Everybody freaking looks great. Everybody's clicking. Joe Harris in transition threes. Everybody's happy. They're defending. They're doing everything. And I got to hear about making a trade for a superstar like that, a disgruntled superstar. I think I just said his name, but you know what I mean. Just, no. I trust Sean Marks. He's done such a brilliant job. The idea that we take this depth And don't give me it's only two games. You know why? Because that's the same reason I'd use against anyone who says it's only two games. Make that kind of trade. It's only two games. I want to see this core. This is what I've been thinking about, and this is what we've all been thinking about for over a year. And it's not just the addition of Durant and Irving. It's let me see Durant and Irving with this core. Let me see them with this roster. And that's what we're witnessing. And it's only one regular season game, but my oh my. The first two Durant shots were silky. Top of the key three on his first shot. The baseline jumper on his second shot. Oh, it was a beautiful thing, man. It was a beautiful thing. The broadcast sucked, you know. First of all, I I don't want to say anything bad about Marv. It just... It's tough. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to leave it at that. It's tough. I mean, he's in a studio, you know, there's like a delay on it, whatever. But how about, I found this really funny. I think Marv brings up to Chris Webber, what do you, would you have liked not playing in front of fans? Because there is an element to this that's weird. And even Durant after the game, and I just saw it right before he started the podcast, 
you know, said, hey, I'm treating it like a preseason game. and I Or it was the same as a preseason game. And I think a part of it is there are no fans there. There is no electricity to feed off of. And yes, there would have been electricity at the Barclays Center if there were fans there. So it is going to be an element to keep an eye on throughout this regular season on road trips, whatever, on how the fact that there's no crowd affects things. Things that we're used to over the course of an NBA season when we analyze games. But Chris Webber, and I give him a lot of credit because he was being honest, said that he would have loved it if no fans were there. And that made me laugh because the reputation Chris Webber had as a player with Sacramento back in the day was final few minutes of a game, close game. You don't want the ball in the hands of C-Webb. He's looking, he's playing hot potato. He's like, where's Peja? Let me get him the ball. So it, it... It just kind of fit the reality we all thought about with Chris Webber when he says, yeah, I would have loved playing without the fans. Oh, that cracked me up. What a night, though. What a freaking night. And now we move on, and now we march on. Because, fellow Net fans, there's a mission at hand. The mission at hand was not to blow out the Golden State Warriors. The mission at hand was to go out, win as many games as possible, dominate the world, and win a freaking NBA championship. That's the that's the mission now. It's not, hey, can we get to the first round? Hey, can we win a round? No, no, no. The mission is to win an NBA title. That is the focus. Now, one thing, and I don't know the answer to this, okay? Because I, I already saw this a little bit right after the game ended. I quickly went on Twitter. And that's the thought of, well, the Warriors are terrible. And look, the reality is when you look at this roster and sometimes just looking at a roster in black and white isn't as good as watching a team play. And you watch this team play. Look, we, we all get Steph Curry. He didn't have the greatest shooting night tonight. I mean, what was he? Like, two for 10, two for 11 from three. Did not have a great shooting night. Andrew Wiggins stinks. Okay, he's not that good to begin with. Kelly Oubre is a nice player, but he ain't a star. And we'll see about James Wiseman. He had a pretty good debut. I mean, Wiseman was pretty impressive. But you look at the rest of this roster, and I get it, Draymond will come back. That'll be a big help. But Klay Thompson's not coming back this year. You look at the rest of the roster. You know, you're looking at Brad Wanamaker and Jordan Poole and that Toscano Anderson and Marquise Chris and Kemp. This is not a good team. At least that's the way I lean based on watching them. Now, that shouldn't take anything away from what the Nets did. You got to beat what's in front of you. And, and I don't think any of us really know, like we're projecting what we think the Warriors are because we never saw Steph Curry just being the clear-cut best player on a team. We've seen him tag team with Clay. Obviously, that was prior to KD. And we know about that when KD was there. But we've never seen Steph have to carry the kind of load he's going to have to carry this season. Because Andrew Wiggins ain't carrying a load, all right? I'm telling you right now. He's not. So, yeah, you look at this roster after Steph, and they obviously, like I mentioned, they didn't have Draymond tonight, which will help, but it's not going to solve all their issues. Yeah, I, they, they may be a very mediocre team. I don't think any of us know. But guess what? It doesn't matter. Because on this night, December 22nd, 2020, 541 days after two elite basketball players said, you know where I'm going? I'm going to Brooklyn. The Nets backed up the hype in night one. They dominated the first quarter. They dominated the third quarter. 
They won this game by 26, and if you watched it, you know it wasn't even that close. We got to see Timofe Luabo Cabarro. Think about it. We got to see the bubble nets. The bubble nets now play garbage minutes. Tyler Johnson, TLC, Rodion's Karutz. We didn't even get to see Chris Chioza tonight because he was just added on that two-way contract. Oh, baby, this was good. So, night one, game one of the Durant-Irving era. I may have a few more podcasts before Craig and I return next week because it's fun just shooting the crap. Talking hoop, baby. Now, to my fellow friends who are Nick fans, you have a game tomorrow night, and I, and I wish you the best of luck. Nah, seriously. We're not competing. We're in different leagues now. So... Best of luck against the Indiana Pacers, bucko. Thanks for listening to this edition. (laughs) What a night. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast.